This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. To the paper like it's human nature. God damn, no more they haters that just motivate us. I know revenge tastes the sweetest. Mm, I'm gonna save us. I'm just sending all my graces up to my creator. No negotiation. This is world domination. All right. Welcome, welcome, family. Thank you for joining the table talk again. Next narrative 313 brought to you by Phaedra, Dwayne, Patrice, and Richard. Here we are for episode three as we discuss our. New president and vice president elect. So let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all not gonna play. <laughs> okay, vice so vice president elect Kamala Debbie Harris like this. Y'all oh no, not, never that, never respect. that, never that, never that. I was I was gonna wait for a minute, but okay. So let's so let's let's put it in a bit of context here. You know, uh, we saw uh, uh, an election unlike we've ever seen. We mm-hmm. saw a record number a turnout um, in person and via absentee ballot. Um, we saw a situation where it was days after the election and we still didn't have a president. Um, we heard tunes of, of uh, unstantiated um, election fraud. Um, we've seen on the other side um, a, a clear, concise plan forward. Um, we have a lot of people who were responsible for it. Um, I definitely want to get you guys' take on that. So any little nugget that we just started there, I'll throw it up and, you you know, it's the alley. Um, so let's talk about it. I, I'll jump in and... Um I'll start from the evening before, mm. right? We kind of all talked about in our chat groups what we would be doing to kind of watch the election and everything like that. Um, I didn't really do too much because I was just, you know, I was just watching it and everything. Um, I went to sleep kind of, what's the word, what's the term for it? Kind of anxious or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and woke up to a surprise. So, I mean, I, I'm just going to start right there. I, I, I went to sleep the night on Tuesday evening or whatever, woke up Wednesday, like, okay, that looks a little bit better. And as the day went on, I felt a lot better. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we about to pull this out. Oh, this isn't even looking close. You know what I mean? So, but how did, what did y'all do? I, here's how I prepared. I, I watched a few movies. I watched Recount, which, you know, from the 2000s. HBO, yep, classic. Yep. So I watched Recount. Then I watched uh, 537, which is the documentary about that season. Then I watched The Hunger Games just in case I needed to train myself oh. <laughs> on how to be ready. I like that. I like that. How to be ready in, in the event that we was going to turn into 12 districts, right? For the race war? Yeah, just in case, you know. Um, so, but I, I will say that I will, there was anxiety. This was the only election that I have seen with the undercurrent of fear. Right. Which says a lot about the candidate that we that we had um, in Donald Trump. And I think that it tested us in patience. Right. But at the end of the day, the the under the thing that became real to me and that I think I want to focus my comments on are the power of the black vote, the power of the black community and specifically the power of black women to champion black causes and to push black folks forward Um, because clearly black folks had like the ollie oop the dunk the pass the assist all of that uh, over the course of those three or four days that we were watching this election so like typical black 
fashion in the face of fear, we show up because this was not a normal election. People were talking about, do you have an election safety plan? You know what I'm saying? Like, how are you going to, in the event that this happens, how will you protect your family? That's the first time we've ever seen that around a presidential election. And then I also note that once the results were clear, very clear, because of course you have a president right now who refuses to concede. Um, but once those re re results were clear, the response not only from the American people, but the response from the global community that, for lack of a better word, some folks were, were throwing shade about their excitement, right? Like, oh, we can finally get back to work. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you saw Trudeau. You had so many. You had the Japanese prime minister. You had so many people from around the globe that was like, wow, America, welcome back. You know what I'm saying? So I think that all of those things in context says a lot about the current condition that we were in and how we're trying to move forward. Absolutely. Um, I had a little bit of a different perspective. I was actually at TCF the night before the election. Um, uh -oh. Well, the day before. Um, and then on the actual day of the election. So my um, experience was very much so, the day before the election is kind of like that calm before the storm that... that um, that, that eerie, the wind blows a little bit funny, everybody's kind of holding their breath. Um, and then the day of the election, it was very much so, we need to make sure that we are doing everything that we can to ensure that this is not discredited or not counted in the way that it should be acknowledged. And I want to read a quote from an organizer who was questioned by, or interviewed by NBC News, and she read, she states, the fact that we have matched and topped white voter um, participation and done that while going through voter suppression in new and old forms every year, we are extraordinary. So I really want to acknowledge the fact that the city of Detroit, old and young, really showed up for this election. Like we were able to um, create a change that you have not been able to see for a number of generations. And while I didn't take any time to really care for myself prior to the election, like I, I realized that that is what I remember. Like I don't remember honestly what I was doing, but I do remember how many black people I saw participating in this election, both on the day of casting their ballot and to make sure that that was something that we could do um, with unbridled involvement. So I was excited about that. I, I, I took my dad to, so my dad hit me on Sunday or Saturday and said, I need you to take me to, to vote. Mm -hmm. Sunday, he told me, right? So he usually take himself, but because of COVID, he couldn't redo his ID. His ID expired. He didn't want to get flicked. Um, so we went out to breakfast afterwards, and it just felt like <clears throat> it, it just felt like we, we it was a huge community of people voting and exercising that, and then we were kind of celebrating. It felt like we were celebrating as we were eating breakfast that morning mm. or whatever. Not of winning, of just moving as a unit. Mm. Um, and then even somebody, so my friend who can't vote, but we were at breakfast, he hit me up and he, he was at, a, he's at, he's in a different state. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm at this, uh, this housing auction is crazy. And I, it, it just, it, I felt like it brought him in. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. okay, he's moving towards building, you know what I'm saying? Setting up his generation of wealth and, and, and impacting his own household or whatever. And it just, it just, we, I, I did feel together mm -hmm. as a community though. So that that is one thing. You know what? That's a good point. And I think uh, 
So my mine was very uneventful. Um, I, I fell asleep. Uh, woke up in the middle of the night, looked at it on my phone. Um, but but I think because you know I, I voted early, you know via absentee. Um, but I think the the feeling I think from the communities that I'm a part of and the um, Zoom I was on and all these other things like it, it, there was a, a there was this feeling. Um, and then when the numbers started to come in, um, you know that feeling kind of shifted a little bit. But I think it was it was I think it was two things though. I think it was. I think, you know, Trump moved so far one way that we were happy that he was gone. Um, one, so the, the happiness that we were seeing was one, we just happy that he's gone. Mm -hmm. And then two, um, I think Biden kind of gets just the confidence bump of our happiness just because you happen to be there and you did a really good job. We happy for Kamala. We happy that Trump is gone. So that was some of, some of the, you know, some of what I was feeling. But I also think, you know, to Phaedra's point, um, a lot of time through my work, I spend so much time... Um, you know, providing information and stuff to, to organizers, sitting at tables with the organizers. Um, I, I'm not in an organizer role. I'm more of an information kind of provider, data provider. Um, but I, from from when COVID hit um, or before COVID hit, when everybody was talking about, you know, census and registering people to vote and all those things to see COVID hit, how it knocked everybody down, how everybody got back up, bloodied and beat over their head and put together one of the best organizing efforts we've seen since maybe... Um, Obama era in Chicago when Carolyn Mosley Brown, I think that was her name in Chicago, got elected um, first woman, a black woman senator from Chicago if the name wasn't right. So we hadn't seen, um, you know, that kind of organizing, even from an, a national level. When you think about um, Andrew Gilliam, when he lost his race, Stacey Abrams, when, when she lost her race, both for governors in Florida and, and, and Georgia, to see what four years later or, or three years for for uh, uh, for Stacey Abrams, to see how many more people that they organized yeah. and, and registered to vote like. We're living in unprecedented times as far as um, political action. And when you when you put that with what's going on in the streets, you get a recipe for what's going on. So I think it's interesting. I can't wait to see. Um, I do have optimism for tomorrow. Not that, you know, the Biden administration is going to solve everybody's problems, um, but at least that at least we've we have organizers and people on the ground who saw that my vote counted. Oh, wow. The guy yeah. I wanted really did win. Yeah. Uh, what I did actually worked. So I, I think we got more people in the fight ready to, to take the fights on in the future. Uh everybody's on the clock. You, I feel like clock. everybody's on the clock. You know what I'm saying? Like we've proved that like everybody's on the clock. You can be in or you can be out if we if we make that decision. Um I was happy that uh I was happy that John James did not win. <laughs> <Listen>. <laughs> Let me just I, you know what I'm saying? Let me just get church. that out. That was a close one. That was a close one. That was a close one. Yeah. I, I No, I'm done. I, I don't want to before we move on to the the um the organizers. I don't want to underestimate the other Think that's that's at play in this election is that I think what we saw and, it, and I think the history books will say this we saw one of the charismatic lunatics bigotry like indecency lack of character in office and I think that is also part as to why people were like oh you got to get him out because even now he is tainting the office by not conceding by not saying, let me help you transition and offering that olive branch. And that just speaks to, again, I'm calling it that white insecurity that is the cover of white supremacy that I think that's one of the reasons why, again, the global community was like, y'all got to deal with this. Right. Mm. Because, again, you got so So you hear folks in Paris saying or in France saying, come back to the climate agreement. Right. Like you have people around the globe saying y'all got to get get it back together. Come back to the yeah. world health. Yep. 
You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I want to, for whatever reason, and I think the reason is I want to highlight how the polar opposite, how this white man who is clearly just character alone, character alone had the, the most powerful seat in the world, trashed it. You see what I'm saying? And then set the country back. I heard somebody say, look, I just want to hate the president like a normal person. Like, <laughs> I want, like I, I, I'm not going to agree with the president 100%. And I just want to be okay with that. But this guy, if given the opportunity, I think would have completely ran the country in the ground. Burned it. You know what I'm saying? And then it's, left. And, and Still then, trying. Still trying. Facts. And, you know he, and he said he was going to leave. You know, I'm going to burn it down and I'm leave. You know what I'm saying? And, and it just, his, his, the, the ego, and, and I'm using him as a symbolism, quite honestly, for, because there are many Trumps, right? The, and that's the reason why he got the second highest level of votes. There are many Trumps. And I put that in stark contrast to the people who are skilled and intelligent enough to really run the country and to really lead us in a powerful way, like Stacey Abrams, you know what I'm saying? Like Kamala, you know, so, because I, I, I totally believe that it's, it's getting ready to take those type of people to turn the country around, you know what I mean? And so I just, I think that that's why this moment also feels so heightened because the world was watching for us to deal with the symbolism of white supremacy and bigotry in the country. Just like, and I'm going to put it plainly, just like Hitler. Mm. Like this guy was very much so, because you can't tell me, I didn't post this, but I saw it, where somebody had the Nazi flag, the Confederate flag, and then the Trump sign, and all of them together. And you can't tell me that they all don't feel like the same thing. They all don't carry that same symbolism, that same emotion. So I think that that's one of the reasons why we're in this position to be like, it's a woo-side moment. You know, and I, I agree with you. And I think that, um, to be honest, I thought uh, if Trump was going to win. I, th I, thought, I thought that, you know, that's just kind of what was going to happen has been, you know, so long was it, 28 years since we saw an incumbent fall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, I was, uh, you know, when I was looking at kind of putting the pieces together, you know, of kind of coming up with why he lost, um, one thing that I think, you know, was interesting was I think during his first time when he was running, I think he ran on policy. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to put up a wall. That's immigration. I'm going to get us out of these agreements. That's economics. I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to do these things that you guys have always wanted to see done. And so, you know, while, you know, it was still it still had, you know, a racist tone to it. It was still some policy there. Mm -hmm. This time around, all it was was just a show. It was just this. These are my enemies. I hate them. Uh, I'm going to appeal to the lowest kind of common denominator. And that's what kind of, I guess it didn't surprise me. I know America is America. But if you look at the what his rallies looked at look like, if you looked at the, the conspiracy circles that he started, um, where we've seen other candidates like a Bush or somebody, even a Romney, all these people we see, they, they went for a different level of Republican. He went down to the lowest grade you can go. Racist, bigot, lowest trailer park kind of a, he, he just went as low as he could go. And, and I didn't think that approach was going to work after a while uh, when I was thinking about it. But I was thinking, you know, he kind of overshot himself. And I'm glad he did that. And the people who didn't, who voted for him last time and, and, and didn't this time, um, I, I, I don't want to give those people too much clout and too much credit because, one, you shouldn't have done it last time. And, two, we know that those votes are very, very fickle. So next time something's up, th those will be the first ones out the door. He, he barely lost, though. Even if we, I mean, we're looking at the Real electorate talk. or whatever. Yeah. Real talk. Maybe not, but he still has the second most. We're talking votes about 12,000 votes. For yeah. a president. 
in history. He's the second. Alaska. What so, does that say about our country? <laughs> like, what does that say about the country? Because even in the scope of policy, because I tried to look at it from an objective standpoint, too. But his policy, though, I think wasn't as technical as, as technically sound as it could have been. Right. Because if you can create the wall, you can deal with healthcare, like you said you was. Right. Exactly. But I think that what that says to me about the country is despite policy, this person literally did, does not have the character to, to be in that seat. Like you just don't have that, even, even with George Bush, right? So in my recount movie watching, they talked about the character of the Bushes, right? Which it, at that time, as a 12-year-old, I thought Bush was the worst thing on the place. Of the, and right now, I'm like, I wish he, we had him back for the last four years. Like that's how I feel compared to what we have because I'm talking about character and decency, representing the country well, being the global leader that we're supposed to, to to have from the standpoint of integrity and honesty, the fact that we really cannot trust anything that comes out of this man's mouth, that's a problem. On, you know, it, it, we always have this air of caution with the president or with government, period, but it still is supposed to represent the entire country. And it's still supposed to be an office that has some global leadership to it. And that was completely tainted. And so why in the world would you vote for that? Because of fear. And I, I think we saw this again. I, I think we saw this once again during the Civil War, um, where they, again, went to the marginalized communities, um, the farmers, the laborers, and told them, if you don't fight in this war, the slaves are going to overthrow us all. So now mm -hmm. fast forward, you have... I'm going to just call a spade a spade. White women ages 35 to 54, we coming for y'all because y'all tried it this election for the second mm -hmm. time, honey. Karen? Okay. Yeah. Um, this is Karen. And I, it really just, it baffles me how a tactic like fear could lead you to believe I'm not even going to operate in my best interest, but what I cannot have happen is allow the African-Americans to get into power or allow the others, whoever the other is. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. If it's brown people, if it's poor people, if it's um, just immigrants, anyone, whoever that is, that is why Trump was mm. able, like character was not in question. That's the good. idea, that dichotomy that Dr. Edwin Nichols has always told us about, like, I am fearful of you having because I believe that it's going to take away from me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not because there's any basis, like not that you've actually stolen something from me or there's, n there's something that you are mm. precluding me from having. no. In my mind, if you have it, I no longer have it because that is how I have continuously played the game. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, that is how Trump was mm -hmm. able to be shy of 12,000 votes. And if we're going to get into it, like, we need to be super conscious about the fact that our country is built on a number of loopholes. And the sooner we get to the consensus that our political system is not a series of checks and balances, but more so a series of shoots and ladders. So depending on what door you step on, you can either go up or go down. Mm. When we start operating like that, then we will not be as confused or as disappointed by the reality that there are just as many. In fact, they're just shy mm. of 2.4 million people who align with that bigotry or align with that mindset mm -hmm. um, for any reason. And for me, that's no excuse. Like, there's no reason that you can say that those are the things that you stand by. Mm. 
I, I, I'll say this. I was thinking about, I, I, one, I agree with everything you say. And I think about, you know, even, you know, a, as we see the demise of the Trump administration, I think that there's, um, I think a, 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 lad, a lighter was flicked on to this kind of a, the same way we have a, a, a progressive base that wants to see, you know, progressive things like student loan forgiveness and health care yes, and all these great things. There's another contingent that wants to see the exact opposite, and they were in the same way. You know, I just I just believe they were emboldened, and I think that you know what I think about is I, I really want to see people who are happy with the outcome of this election um, really take the next step to do the next kind of things to ensure that one we hold the people who we just elected accountable, and you we treat your friends in office different than you treat your enemies in office. You know, um, but then also understand that there is going to be a pushback. And that pushback yeah. is going to come in school board seats. It's going to come in city council seats, um, uh, judge appointments. It's going to come in so many different ways. And I remember in 08, we danced and we cheered and we had so much fun for so long. And then we looked up and the Tea Party just took the House away from us and the Senate. And we was like, whoa, what, you know, what, what's going to happen? And, and you know, I, I'm glad that it happened so we won't see it now. But I just, you know, I think about, because if you think about it, you know, even more to, to a further extent, um, the Biden-Harris ticket um, was a very, um, if you think about the Democratic Party and what it looked like through its primary, a very um, centrist kind of a ticket yep. in that I remember Joe Biden said this early in, in his race. He said, you know what, my administration, and I, I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, just give my, my spin on it. My administration is going to kind of look like a, the status quo kind of administration, not this crazy stuff you see going on and on and on like with Trump. And so, you know, when I thought about that, I said, okay, well, you know, typically the status quo isn't really good for for the people who I I, I like the issues that I think are important, um, the things that I just I, I want to see done. So you know, I think I, there just has to be another wave of okay, Trump gone, people who we feel are our friends or friends enough are in office. Let's come to these people with some valuable things. Puff, now it's your turn. Uh, Ice Cube, if you're serious, now it's your turn to start having these conversations about moving stuff forward. Because just because Biden and Harris got it, okay, I'm, I'm in a sorority. Okay, great. Yeah, I love you guys. Wonderful. Now it's back to business. So if we say, don't continue to show them what, what yeah. we bring to the table, you know, we'll be in trouble. But I also think my concern with Biden being a centrist, right, where I can understand part of that is also the symbolism around you trying to bring the country together. But here's what I would tell him if I was in his ear. F that. Like straight up, because I here's the thing: the, here's what I what I can say I admire about some Republicans. They are ballsy. I want this, and I ain't gonna back up off of it. And I think that that's why the Democrats have gotten themselves into trouble. Where I think people like AOC and Bernie and Elizabeth are far left, and they're not fickle about that. They are clear about this is what needs to be happen, happening in the country for the benefit of everybody. And because they have not stood on that and stood on it firm, one, because they don't have the control in the Senate, right? So it's hard to push that through. Very. But then the mm -hmm. Republicans, though, when they got that thing, they like, so we're going to rush Amy up in here. Mm -hmm. uh, you saw McConnell was like, no, it ain't over. I mean, they are really gutsy. And, and I don't see that gutsy from the Democrats right now. And, be, and with this big win, they got to capitalize on that. Because I think for me, I do want you to forget these student loans. You know, please, you might you please. might get my vote for the next fifty thousand years. You, <laughs> you know, every dollar I'm gonna give you a vote. Okay, uh, but I think that they are really lacking, um, and part of it also is you have to watch people calling them socialists. 
Mm. I, you know, and I think that I was just wondering the other day, like, why does socialism get such a bad rap? Because in all honesty, we are behind the curve in what it may look like for socialist com- countries. But you got New Zealand, you got Cuba, you got these other countries that are that are kicking our butt in healthcare and education because we won't make the choice. But yeah, we had billions of dollars to bail out banks, to low key bail out Wall Street. You know what I'm saying? Like. We're not investing in the people. And so I think that to really be bold, the Democratic Party has to align with those type of policies that are a little bit far left. I would agree. And I I think largely what I don't want we as a people to get accustomed to is I don't want us to start celebrating regular racism. Mm -hmm. Like, And I feel like that's what... um, So many people came out of it. I'm going to just be completely transparent, like... I love the fact that my that my daughter can look into the White House and see a black woman who holds an office mm-hmm. uh, because full transparency, I had to cut into somebody who tried to play Michelle Obama and say, you know, she was just a wife. No. So now, okay, let's we're we gonna play like mm-hmm. Michelle wasn't in the White House helping Barack run it. Cool, not okay. a problem. Yeah. But now we have Kamala who is literally and like she was voted by the people yeah. and and we see how many people rallied around her not only during the election but afterwards like how how celebrated she was mm-hmm. however like i'm not going to play like her policies regarding criminal justice reform don't make my stomach turn the same way i feel about my local leaders in detroit like i i want to celebrate you as a black woman but i'm also going to pull your coattail and tell you where i feel like we can improve I work the polls, and there are some conversations that need to happen with our Department of Elections. There are also some conversations that need to be that need to be had with our prosecutor. I don't ever want to walk into another polling location and feel like I just want to go back to regular racism. I want to go back to regular disenfranchisement. I want to go back into regular foolishness because this right here is exhausting. So for me, I, I'm I'm really interested to see like. Black folks, y'all saw what y'all can do when y'all come out in numbers. Mm-hmm. What are what are what is it that we're asking for? And I don't want to rely on Diddy. I don't want to rely on yes. Ice Cube. I really want to make sure that I'm doing something in Detroit now. So when my city council is up for election again, they know that they on notice. When it's time for Gary to go back up for election, mm-hmm. he knows that he's yeah. on notice, and there's Take no time. question about what it is that you have to provide me when you get into that office because you work for me. You are on my payroll. TikTok, Gary. You know, I think that's an interesting uh, segue to talk about um, 2021 is going to be, um, for us in this area, just as big as 2020 was for the country as far as what the future of this city will look like as far as, you know, the mayor seat is up, city council is up, um, school board. So 2021 is going to see um, either the largest change, change of power that we've seen in the city of Detroit in a while. Um, it could be a referendum on what that looks like. The people we know are going to be running for office for whatever you know these different offices are. Um, how do we take the lessons we learned in organizing, in policy, in the things that we learned in, you know, through the Biden move um, in Harris to use that to leverage you know, the right voices for the city of Detroit? Because we all know the ones that are there now, not all of them have. I don't feel that they have the city of Detroit's best mm. um, interest in heart. Um, so, you know, how do we take some of what we um, what we loved on a national level and bring it back closer to home as That's we prepare for a, for for a big uh, twenty twenty one? 
Okay. <laughs> um, I think that I think um, following this election, as a community or as a group, we haven't really thought about what it is that we do want. We just came out of the Trump administration. Like, I don't want that. I just shit. don't want that. <laughs> right. I like, just don't want that. I don't know what that was, but that <laughs> can't happen. Um, but what, as, as a 27 year old black African American, well, black um, female. I really need to see something around um, everything's broken. Like, everything's broken. If we're being completely honest, like, COVID was a complete shell shock in terms of business and capitalism. There are so many Detroit businesses that have closed their doors as a result of COVID. And even with as much money as was being pumped into our communities, I don't feel like there was an infrastructure to protect them. I don't feel like there was an infrastructure to protect capitalism, which is something that we say we crave, say that we need so much. Um, and when it came to the small mom and pop shops, there was no, yeah, here's his money, but you've been operating in a deficit for 10 to 15 years. Right. So that didn't do anything for you. And we also not taking no L's on our end. So we're going to go ahead and foreclose on your space and liquidate all your assets. So I really want to see something different in terms of um, like just social entrepreneurship and investment. Like, I really am going to challenge philanthropy and our municipality to spend more money um, educating people. Um, I think what we do really need to focus on, and this is one of the topics that we considered discussing today, but tech. Um, COVID convinced me that you cannot not be a tech business in 2020. Like, it is not an option. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody is providing virtual programming and trying to figure out how to pivot to be sustainable. We need to be educated on how to do that because access has definitely not been given to our community. So there's a bridge that we need to create in efforts to do that. And if that's invested in our kids, if that's invested in our citizens, we'll continue our education and our um, secondary education schools, Wayne County, Community College, Wayne State, I need to see you putting money and infrastructure into these systems and making sure that Detroiters and people who live in these communities actually have access to this stuff. Absolutely. I think I do want to reflect on, as you mentioned, this wave of just black folks running the world. Low key, we ran the world Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like we ran the world and black women led the charge in running the world. And I think that 100%. I don't I, I, I love the question around, man, now that we've seen how powerful we are. What in the world do we do next? And and I, I do want to take the moment to reflect on that because you saw that it did also get the attention of the two uh, of the the president elect and vice president elect in their speeches. Biden outright said, "African Americans, I'm not going to forget you." He better had right. Right. <laughs> Kamala was like, "Black women for sure." She said, "Democracy is built on the backs on the backs of black women." which is so extraordinary because we are the last to benefit from democracy. And yet we say we have clearly saved it. The ideals that, that the American democracy was built upon, the ability to, you know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, that patriotic idealism that we've seen this country be born, born from, black people have protected, even though we were not, you know, we were not included. Um, that was, that's an extraordinary reality to me post-election. And, and I, I do think that part of that is credited by the, the groundswell over the last 10 years from campaigns like Black Lives Matter and other 
um, black ran packs and whatnot that we began to be both grassroots oriented at a deeper level, but then also from a national stage, looking at folks planted to develop and create things, right? So I think that what that looks like from a local standpoint, I am optimistic. I am optimistic. I think that to, to Phaedra's point, yes, the infrastructure has to be built, but I'm, I'm, I really think that with that collective power, it's possible. Um, I just think we can't forget what happened over the last couple of days because I, I don't want us to then be co-opted or see this repression happen where, okay, y'all, you got the symbolism, right. you know, like, yep, we're going to take the Aunt Jemima off of the syrup, the syrup bottle and, yep, we're going to recognize you in our speeches. Um, but that is all tools of repression that does not really have effective change. So I don't want us to get caught up in the symbolism of the victory and not find a way to make effective change. And I think that a part of that is going to come with selecting the right leaders and not the, I think Malcolm said, which I kind of disagree with Malcolm, but you remember when he said no other community has a basketball player or so-and-so as their community leader. Y'all remember that clip mm-hmm. from Malcolm? Yep. He was like, y'all looking at so-and-so, yep. those aren't leaders. That's one of my favorite ones. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I think we do need to identify leadership. Um, I, th- I think one special note that I'd like to make is that as we're celebrating black women, um, I want to give a special shout out to Stacey Abrams because what we are like, we acknowledge how she created wins on election day well into this week. But let's talk about how sis took an L three years ago, if I'm not mistaken, yep. and hit was like, yes, I took this L, but I recognize the system is not built for me. So mm-hmm. now I'm not doing this just for me, but I am going to engage 65,000 first-time voters yes. and make sure that they have access to the system. So again, I, I, I would like to challenge and say, I'm not really looking to Joe or Kamala to do mm-hmm. anything. Like, mm-hmm. like I... Yes, thank you, Lord. We don't have to deal with Trump right, anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. However, like I, I, and I make this um an, this analogy quite often when I walk when I go to shop on Amazon and I need to contact tech support. It's not Jeff Bezos picking up right. on the other end. Right, it's somebody else. Mm-hmm. And not to say that I wouldn't like to speak to him or that he wouldn't be able to that like fix whatever my issue is. It's just the reality that there's a hierarchy. Yeah, and I think we need to be very conscious about. In order for us to fix whatever the community issue is, we have to start at home. And if that's Detroit, Philadelphia, Atlanta, New York, L.A., y'all hold y'all city council members accountable. Y'all start going to them school board meetings and making sure that they know that y'all are there. Read those proposals when y'all see them on the ballots. Make sure that you understand how how your polling system works. Like specifically, I'm talking to Georgia and Atlanta right now. Y'all have the potential of going into a runoff Mm -hmm. in January. Understand how that works. Understand that if somebody, if you if you all end up with the Republican legislator, it's very likely that that Republican will turn around and try to repeal all of the ballots that were counted in your state. Mm. And Georgia is a swing state. We don't understand basic things like that. And I think that it's important that we put the onus back on ourselves. Like we, we allow fear to expose how much power we had in our voice. And now that like, I feel like we're lions roaring for the first time. Like, now that you know that you got that clout, like, we got to use it. Like, it's time to turn up. Mm-hmm. If that means that you knocking down the doors at KMAC, you shutting down the city for 60 days, do that. Like, 
don't get complacent. And um, again, the Emperor Circus, y'all, like the next four or five months are going to be very interesting in terms of whatever ploys the current administration puts into play. Um, we already know this is not going to be a clean and easy transition. So we need to prepare ourselves in whatever sense that looks like. Um, but that means that we have to educate ourselves, tap in, figure out what went wrong if your um, candidate didn't win in your election in your hometown and how we can improve that for the next election. Um, keep Stacy in mind. She is the perfect example for that. Like, I feel like this is the example of what happened. Like, this is the example of reaping your harvest. Like, she, 100%. she made it a point to invest in herself and, and her community specifically mm-hmm. and said, if I can't have this, I want to make sure that someone after me can have this. And yep. I think that's the the... Most important point I want to take away from how black women invested in and nurtured this election four years ago. I, I think what you said, especially with what's happening in Georgia, is it's important because I, I know that we all heard a lot of voting doesn't matter or so and such and such is going to win anyway. And, you know, it's still on the table whether people believe, believe in voting. Right. It's still on. It's still on the table. It's still something. Um, to prove, so we definitely need those uh, those seats in Georgia to go to go in our favor. Um, you had said Georgia. What did you say? You said Detroit. So our swing states. Philly. Yeah. So the black cities that showed up in the election were Detroit, Philly, uh, Atlanta. Um. See Pennsylvania. Uh, era, uh, 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 Las Vegas, Nevada. I know that was a mm-hmm. state. That was uh, Philly, Philly, Detroit. Yeah. Houston almost had it. They didn't Wisconsin, wasn't it? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, yeah. So of, like four black major cities. And, but it's, but what she's saying I, I, is that it's eight cities, I think. Pedro, you were saying It's earlier. nine swing states, that, and eight of the nine have Republican legislators. Mm. Which is something totally different. So there's a video that Van, that... Van Jones is on that's been circulating or whatever. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yet. But it was saying how the um the presidency can be turned, can be reversed or whatever. And she kinda of, Phaedra explained it to me earlier, and that's what she's saying, like why it's important that we understand these things so mm-hmm. that um if something happens, we think that voting just doesn't matter. No, you just gotta you gotta, you know, you gotta do the whole hundred yards. You gotta do the full, you gotta go yeah. from start all the way to the begin to, to the end, not just of the way. I agree. I I don't think how people can walk away from this election and not think that their vote matters because just those numbers, the way that the the swell of those numbers going up and and getting closer. I mean, sometimes what Georgia was like 1500 votes at one point, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, Trump went in in Pennsylvania from 600,000 to Biden being up by like what? 30,000. Like the details, every vote seriously Mm -hmm. does count again, going back to 2000. The difference in Florida was 537, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it's, it's some amazing. Yes, yeah, some chats. And, and so I, <laughs> I think in, and then it all funnels together because when it goes to the Supreme Court, well, who picks the justices, right, you know? Right. So it all, it all matters. I, I'm really curious about the way Biden's administration, we are putting a lot of weight on it, but quite honestly, this joker got a lot to clean up. Like, you you are you are entering because because let's be real the, the current administration is not even thinking about COVID, not even thinking about COVID as COVID has gotten worse right. So if I'm the president right now, 
we first got to get COVID under control. Mm-hmm. Then we got to clean up uh, uh, the economy. International affairs. The international affairs, mm-hmm. the economy, education. You finally get Betsy DeVos out, out of there. Mm-hmm. Like, there mm-hmm. is so mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yes, there mm-hmm. is so much stuff. Let that stuff. be the first one. Uh, that should be a quick. You are just, good. Yeah. You are worthy. <laughs> somebody that be, should be just a quick. Somebody need to be walking her out of the office right now. Draft like, that letter right now. Uh, right now. Her and Melania should have gotten that Penske truck together. Yes. Hopefully right. they did. Y'all Draft out. You know, right but, but I mean... Quite honestly, like his first year, like, and he still got a battle with a a majority Republican Senate. Like his first, and, and at this point, and those folks, Republican Supreme Court, yes, and Republican Supreme Court. And at this point, the Republicans have shown that they are party over country. Mm-hmm. They are party over country, absolutely, and that is killing all of us. Like literally, it's killing two hundred forty thousand folks. That even the Republican leadership right now is, is not saying Trump, you got to. Why is it that you have not had a COVID briefing for like what four months, mm-hmm. five months? You know, like in in, in after having COVID, after having COVID. <laughs> so I, I think COVID. that as much as we do want to look at, I think a black agenda, we want to see him honor his promises. But in the grand scheme of things, bruh, you got to get this under control. Mm-hmm. And then rebuild the economy from there. You know, like it's a long, I think it's going to be a long haul to try to fix this. Well, the the job description was clear. (laughs) (laughs) He applied. (laughs) We gave him the offer. (laughs) He accepted. He accepted. With and, his little jog. I was just happy he ain't off that jog. Let's, okay. let's, let's be honest. He looked like he was... Mm-mm, pace yourself. You got four years. You ain't got to run at this point. Joe. That's what like, I said. He started... I'm saying, I, I, just, I, just your I, diet. Just fix your diet, like, brother. No like, exercise. Bro, just 78. your diet. Yeah. I don't need you tripping. But he did look like he was on his toes when he took that jog, though. And then that speech. His speech like, is... I was... Yeah. Blown away. I looked up. I, like, I was I was watching. We was kind of... That's when we really celebrated. Had a little drink in front of me and everything. Like, man, he sound good. He said, this, sound- this speech I is agree. awesome. Yeah, you leave a domestic violence relationship, you sound good, too. <laughs> like, we all been beat <laughs> up after this administration. I know y'all remember when we, when, like, a year ago, we were all together at, in Bloomfield for net for be me mm-hmm. and we were watching the debates and we was like man biden just don't sound good he fumbling nope. over his words he did nope. and and i will tell you the first moment i saw man he's presidential was tuesday night when he came on i was like whoa oh, oh. i said oh he feeling himself huh? he's seen them votes start to trickle in and he feeling he feeling that presidential swag or whatever he'd been hanging out with obama like you he his his speech was just on point I, go ahead go ahead take it I'm gonna talk about Obama in that three points. So go ahead. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, I, I'll be quick about it. Um, I think uh, I think we raised a lot of good points. One, they are gonna have their hands full. Man, J- just get in the office. They're gonna have their hands full. That's that's so they got to deal with that. Um, but I think what you mentioned, I think, is another good point. Like, if we wait for you know uh, Joe and and our best friend Kamala, if we wait for them to, to get to us, eight yeah. years to be passed, four years to be passed. But I think no, the won't. blueprint is now. Okay, while they do what they do, we're gonna do what we do. I hope, yes. um, and and that's what that that that's what I'm hopeful for. I'm hopeful that you know I, I, I've been saying this. So in the spring and the summer, they were in the streets. In the fall, they went to the ballot box. The next place to go is into business, into the legislature, into these places to keep taking that same message that you had in the streets that you took to the to the polling place to the next place. So I think I'm I'm optimistic in the movement. Not necessarily the actors. The actors will change. Yeah. But people who were willing to knock on doors during COVID, 
People who texted, I got a trillion texts. Yeah. Somebody mm-hmm. had to do some of that stuff. Let's get into it. Hold on. When we talking about those workers, though, we have to also talk about the fact that we were in the midst of a global pandemic. Yep. Mm. And if we're talking about the people, because if we're talking about the people who worked during this election. Yep. The world was not on quarantine. The middle and upper class were on quarantine and the lower class still worked. Every worked. single day. So those were the February. people because those were the people who were knocking on doors for fifteen dollars an hour. Those are the people who were working on I remember seeing a post on Facebook probably about two days before the election. Um they were paying people thirty to thirty five dollars an hour to go and canvas. I wanna make sure I take care of them. Like yep. mm-hmm. Because these are also the people that in the midst of whatever COVID is going to look like moving forward, these are the ones who are going to be responsible for bringing our food into the grocery stores or going to be responsible for our medical care. Like, I really just want to give them the, like, I want to make sure that those are the people who are taken care of because those are the ones who are holding up the economy, like. Holding it up. Absolutely. Literally. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, a a part of a strategy, I think, or, or the way I look at it is, you know, our organizers went out there on the ground and they fought. Now they pass the ball off to the policy people who, who we still need people who are just as ferocious as we were knocking doors and sending texts and, and registering people to vote. We need those same professionals who, who walk in a, a policy analyst role, who, who do these kind of things so we can ensure that their work and they can be repaid on the back end with not, you know, with, with, with policy. And then they need to pass it on to the people who, you know, make the actual decision. So I think, you know, a part of our agenda, the many agendas we have in our community, yeah. I think is really understanding kind of the, the the different roles we play. It's kind of like the body of Christ. We all in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we do different things. And I think that, you know, what we saw was a, an amazing, an amazing example. One that I've never seen in my lifetime, not even for Obama. Because Obama was, you want some cakes? You want some ice cream? We're going to volunteer. It's going to be so fun. And we mm-hmm. did Obama. Great. It's fun. This was for people's life. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm testing my immune system for every door. And they knocked 10,000 of them. You know what I'm saying? Let, so, let me ask real you, talk. Let me ask you this question. I, I think one of the things that I felt as a, as a former elected official is... I remember every single vote and you have to honor those votes. Like I remember feeling these folks really believed in me. Like they really casted their vote and circled my name. Right. And I remember feeling like you have to honor the vote. And so I do think Biden, even in his speech was, was pointing to African-Americans and he needs to honor the vote. And he said that, but I think our job is what, if, if we were grading him on the scale of one to 10 and, He's got four years right now. What would we say you got to do in these four years? And I think a couple of the things on the top of mind that he should be able to do, let's deal with police brutality, right? Like there should have there should be a federal sweeping on chokeholds, Im- immunity, like those types of things. Stop and frisk. Stop, stop and frisk. Like those types of things. Boom, 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 right? And then there are other things that we know I think our community needs. But we do need some isolated voices that are going to say, Joe, you need to do this. Like right now, all four of us, if we were in front of him and we said, look, in the next four years, you must do this. I don't know if we're at the table saying that right now. And I, and I also don't think we are really clear about what our three things are that the Biden administration needs to do in the next four years. I, I, um, what did they say? What's the term you got to give people grace? Is that, I'm, I'm saying, is that the name of the term? Yeah, the yeah. I'm, listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, no, I don't have no grace. So I can't give it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But 
Yeah, that's 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 my response. I mean, yeah, we de- we definitely need to figure out what it is that we want. Mm-hmm. I don't care how hard it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The description was clear, and um, this is what we need. And I'm I'm we we you're right. We do need to be clear about what exactly we want. And that's and my question. And the clock will tick. That's my question to y'all. I mean, like uh, off the top of your head, right now, what would I need you say? a we need a I need a concerted COVID response to Black and Brown communities. Like we yeah. are literally dying at an exponential rate compared to everyone else in the country. And that's largely because of the access to food and healthcare that we have in our communities. Like if, if we're mm-hmm. being completely honest, there are some um, black and brown communities where there's one hospital <laughs> with, with 100 beds for 10,000 people in a 25 mile square radius. Like we need, talk. Talk, we need to talk that's about that. Talk. Uh, meanwhile, I can drive out to West Bloomfield and go to the Henry Ford campus out there and it is state of the art. Okay? Like if you want to have a baby, transfer a lung, get lipo, <laughs> that is the That's place. Where you go. Um, That's where we so go. So I need a concerted COVID um, nineteen response for specifically for Black and Brown communities because mm. what's going to work for us is not going to work for everybody else. Mm-hmm. I also need a um, a full sweep on police brutality, and we can start there. You're going to be busy right there, Joe. Like yeah, you know what? And I echo that same sentiment. I think you know, and one thing that I think a lot of us will learn. Um, to the victors goes the spoils. And so the people who organize the most, the people who brought out the most votes, typically their agendas get picked up, right? Um, so we see, we saw this summer um, a movement around defunding the police um, or, or some kind of re- restorative justice kind of practice. I yeah. think that's something that they have to take on. The people who actually turned out for you and voted and made you real, that, that's something they wanted. Um, I think you're right as, as well with a response to COVID. I think that's gonna have to be another top priority. Um, and then I think one that uh, um, kind of lifts up those behind us and maybe not even us. And uh, Gretchen Whitmer did a, did a program around that. Um, offering incentives to essential workers who haven't had a chance to work remotely, who haven't had a chance to get mm-hmm. out of the market. Yeah. Who yes. haven't had a, that's not going to help me. She did free college. Yep. And, 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 yep. and people are going to, now we know the system and you, well, I was, uh, I was uh, 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 canvassing and all that. Well, you don't count. But but you're the one who needed it. But you mm-hmm. was at the hospital, so you get it. Mm-hmm. So we got We got to manage that too. So I think that you know, there's a way to say, okay, um, even just respecting the people who did all the organizing work to say, what was y'all issues? Y'all did it. I wasn't. I didn't. I didn't register nobody to vote. I did. I was. I was another part of the process. So those people who who manifested this victory, I think their issues should be at the top, and I think these will be their issues. Um, so COVID, like you said. Something around criminal justice or, or, or police reform. Education. Um, and it's some, yep, and something around education. Um, and COVID gives us a, a chance to talk about all of those things at once. So, mm-hmm. um, but they can't do it all. So, you know, you know, well, you know. I actually want to go back really quickly to education. Mm-hmm. Now that we have Betsy on her way out, oh, we mm-hmm. really need to talk about the fact that we have an entire, an entire generation of kids who are going to lose almost 36 months of traditional education. And not to say that our educational system was flawless, but we need to talk about how you have babies whose parents are functioning illiterates and mm-hmm. them going to school was the place where they could get a hot meal and be educated. And now we're looking at nearly 36 months after we get a real vaccine to being able to return to whatever the normal was. I want to say this, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. We've seen every generation prior to ours make that sacrifice for the the future. Um, This education crisis, I think, put us and our generation of those of us who have kids or will be having them soon um, to have to make a sacrifice to make up for that time. 
somebody is going to have to do something. I don't know if it's family. I don't know if it's community, but however we figure it out, Saturdays they go over here and learn or on Sunday or something. Somebody's going to have to make that sacrifice. Uh, you know, somebody's going to have to do it. Um, and hopefully we're going to start lining up our hands and say, me, I, I can do, you know, I got a master's, you know, I got a P, I got a J, I can, I can help, I can, we can, okay, we'll, we'll do that for 30 minutes, then we'll go play, do the play date, something. We go, we're going to have to be accountable for our little ones because they're the ones who yeah. lost, not, I, not, not our opponents, our kids. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point. That's a strong point. And quite honestly, I think that that's the best bet is to self-educate our communities. So I think we've been asking for that for a really long time as opposed to our babies being educated in the traditional sense, educating our kids from a communal standpoint, right, where we are teaching them the things that we know the educational system does not teach us. I didn't use algebra for real until election night. I was like, okay, so the percentage, uh, da, 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 da. but mm. I ain't been using that. I mean, I do my budgets and stuff, but still. So, <laughs> I hear you, though. I hear you, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But even, even financial management is different from regular math. And so being able to bring our babies home and educate them, I think that that is, that's a strong idea. But that's, so with, for me, I think we're all sitting from a place of privilege that we are mm-hmm. all college educated. Right. Um, Thank you for saying so that. So I, I was able to take, I, I run my own company, so I was able to take away the time and build my schedule around educating my kid. I had a seven-year-old little girl, um, and prior to that, she was in private school that I was paying for. Yep. So her fo- yep. her foundation yep. was still like I'm still not in the same place of somebody's ba- like somebody's parent who was mm. in a public school district. Right. But even with that, like just I got a JD, y'all. Like educating a second grader has truly been one of the most challenging things I have ever, ever experienced. Ever. Largely because there's no curriculum around helping your baby see themselves. Like, mm-hmm. I tried to teach my daughter financial literacy and there's nothing about us making money aside from the fact that they burned down like Black they, Wall Street. Yeah. Like, I tried to teach my baby about geography so that she knew where she stood in the world and still they are printing maps where the United States looks bigger than Africa. Than Africa. Like, that's wild to me. So I, I think if we're going to put the, like, I I would love the idea of having a freedom school, like Nataki Taliba, and going back to us being able to to raise our kids with this, mind, like, pan-Africanism mindset, not trying to go into Marcus Garveyism or nothing like that. Hey, but hey, hey, shout out. Being able to <laughs> teach your children from a human-centered design that says, I want you to see yourself in everything that you understand, that's we have to absorb that knowledge first and then digest it to give to them. Like You're right. And I, I don't know yeah. if in the grand scheme of all of this, like we have had the time to train our brains to do that for our babies. That's real. That's real talk. And and and, and <laughs> our little ones won't be six, seven, and eight forever. You know, yeah. they're going to go off into this world and have to compete. And the only person they're gonna look back to is mom and dad, why didn't you? Mm-hmm. If you didn't, or you know, so it's I think that's that's going to be um, that's one thing outside of um, our health outcomes that COVID kind of brought to us. Um, but like I said last time, and I, and I think in the future, and I'll be real quick about it. I think this is the opportunity we've been waiting for. Um, and even like our, our leader, Travian, would say, um, you know, one generation was focused on building up something back up. Other one was looking for a brand new way to do things. And I hope we're on that cusp of a brand new way to do things um, because we know the old way wasn't working no way. So. And with our last five minutes, looking forward, if we could give just like a 20-second what you hope to do um, now that you have a president-elect, 
and what your focus is for the last quarter or the last few months of the year? I'll start off. Um, I'm not going to say what I hope to do or what hopes get done, but I hope to feel Trump had some very devoted followers. I hope to feel half of that about Biden. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I hope to sound half good. that crazy about, <laughs> about Biden. That's good. Um, yeah. And what I'm doing for the, the, rest, the rest of the year is, again, focusing on my household, focusing on educating myself um, financially. Um, you know, hopefully my daughter, everything she sees me do, she's going to try to do it. So, hopefully, you know, hopefully she sees me reading and maybe count some money one day. Right um, and those type of things. So that's that's what I'm doing for the rest of the year. I'm laying low though. I I, I did want to say that though. I think that for the most part, we've done a lot of what we had to do. We made the biggest bailout in in world history and <laughs> and getting him out of world office. History. Um, you hear about a lot of extremists going to the parlor and, and different. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And just people are scheming. I'm not gonna be on the front lines to to. I'm, I'm waiting for Biden to get in and in the house to kind of settle things down. But I don't think the drama is over with yet. And I think I, I would implore all of my people to do the same thing. I think one of my takeaways is I, in my writing, I have been um, a champion for black women and black girls. And I think if anything was proven to me over the week is that if I was an investor and I wasn't a black woman myself, I would be investing in black women. Like, I, I think that, and I've, and I've written from a, from a theoretical standpoint about the idea of lifting as we climb. And that's essentially what Stacey Abrams did, right? Um, even in the face of, she could have tucked tail and been like, oh, I lost. But she mounted, you know, and galvanized a community to, that affected this election. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I think just with Girls Hope and the Girls House and being very clear about wanting girls of color to have the opportunity to ex- to express their leadership um, in any way that I can, that that is where I feel my efforts from a professional standpoint and even from a, a personal mentorship standpoint needs to be where I'm helping other girls, uh, particularly black girls, find their, find their strength and find their voice because it has been clear that... Um, that black women are powerful, right? Um, and I wrote about this idea of the gendered double consciousness, the, you know, looking at social contract theory and where the black woman stands in social contract theory, right? Not being able to participate in this idea of a contract, both by race and by gender, and yet still finding agency even in that reality. Um, so I think that there is something to learn from the way black women navigate and the way we lead and I want to be sure that we're still cultivating that in black girls. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to take this the question a little a little bit different from a, 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 a how how I how I kind of how it set with me. I think over the last 10 years we've had such an interesting swing as far as the history of our people and we've been alive for all of it. So from the end of Obama to the Trayvon Martin's era to the Trump era to where we are now. I think that over that time um we've done so many dope and unique things. And I think that the people that are that have been involved in getting us to this point haven't had the credit they deserve. If you think about, we always go back to civil rights. We always go back to the furthest times you can go. 
Mm. But over the last 10 years, we've had history makers change yeah. the way we do what we do. And I would love for us, like you said, we, as we look back and are reflective on things, we're in 2020. What would it look like to be able to honor those revolutionaries from Missouri and yeah. from uh, Baltimore and all the places that lit up? You know, all the people who gave their lives down in Florida, all these people who did all these things over the last 10 years. So I think about it like that. This was the culmination of a 10 year push that we've had. Yeah. And I look forward to what the next 10 years look like. And you could put another floor on the African-American Museum for us in the 90s and in the 2000s, 2010s mm -hmm. and 20s. Um, so I'm optimistic for the future and we're going to get this money and we're going to make a difference. I'm a chuckle because I made y'all do that in two minutes and we have 30 more. Um, <laughs> so. I, I'm going to be completely transparent. Um, while I've been alive for most of this experience, I haven't been con like conscious or um, just even in the age of majority to, to truly understand what exactly has been taking place. I think now in the midst of us rebuilding our democracy, I'm kicking through the rubble to see what I can learn. Um, and, and in that, I'm learning that black women are so resilient and in many cases where they came to us for the answers, I don't want that to be a retroactive response. I want us to be proactive and investing in black women and investing in black talent because I feel like we truly have shown up in ways with half of the preparation, half of the financial backing that other communities have done. And I think if we really put the energy into that, um, and when I say put the energy into that, I'm putting the energy into exposing myself to different communities and learning as much as I can, learning about financial management, learning about tech to figure out how I can be more sustainable and how I can empower other um, African-Americans to be sustainable when it when we're talking about technology and the, the opportunity for quantum computing. Um, as for the rest of the year, I, I think I'm, I'm going to be still. Um, because even though COVID shut things down, I think that there was a a community, I, I don't even know, like a community, I don't want to call it a depression, but there was a cloud that came over, like there, for probably about six months, there wasn't somebody in my network that I would call and you didn't see like that, like that withdrawn, I am exhausted, I have been worn, I have been battered and torn, I, I really... I don't want to lose myself in the midst of this. Like I, I, I know that we are in a very shaky and very terrible place right now, but I want to make sure that I can preserve that in myself. I want, I, I'm super empathetic, and I don't want to get lost in the midst of um, what we have going on because I know that this, shoot, this too shall pass, and I, I'm, I'm holding on to that. So I'm gonna be still. I'm gonna learn as much as I can, um, and really invest and love on the people who are in my network. So I'm really tapping back into my networks and trying to make sure that people know. You know, we we in this together. Like the last nine months has truly been eye opening, and I want to be conscious of that. Like we need to get back to the basics and figure out how to rebuild from here. Cause baby, this is the bottom. This is the bottom. Th this is the bottom. So this is where we invest in that. Yes. Okay. All right. So come, let's, let's come make sure we uh, bull. We, this is we the keep bull. that in the. Yeah. Let's make sure we keep that at. You know what? I think I think that's an interesting as we think about, um, you know, it's two things. One, I think the, the point around uh, um, the 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 work of the sisters this time around, I think I think it can't be understated because for, for several reasons. One, um, 
it's tough to turn states from one color to the next and then to do it virtually and do it during COVID and do it with ways that we don't know how to do it. It's like you telling people, go fly a plane. And, and you actually see the plane off the ground. Like that that's how astounding this is. Um, and I think that I, I, j- just that in and of itself, I think, you know, with the with the competing interest and you know that the, the Democratic Party will always want to be working whites did this for us and all these people who did it and and and, and, our, and and what you know our people contributed to it will always be taken away. We really have to and not be nostalgic about it like this is just the greatest thing we've ever done and we stop, but continue to say, wow, mm-hmm. ways of doing presidential politics change this time. Mm-hmm. And the people with the with the intellectual uh, uh, capacity to do it was we we were doing those things. Do not let anybody steal this history from us. Right. And like, and, 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 and and also, um, you know, from a, another perspective, um, you can enterprise this stuff. Like th- this is new. This is these are the best practices. This is what the, the huge entities pay for to see what the cutting edge stuff is. That's what we got. So when we talk about investing in black women and we talking about the moments, we're not talking about it from a, a symbolistic perspective. We're talking about it from competitive advantage because they've been in that marketplace. The, the, the tools that they created to build that niche, like. You're talking about investing in a, in, in 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 someone who has like uh, 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 when you see those tech companies get you know those big investments round A or, or Series A. That's what we're talking about right now. We're talking about intellectual capacity that we haven't seen because we've never been in a pandemic before. We've never had to organize votes mm-hmm. during this time. So there's a lot of people we know, like uh, uh, and I ain't gonna name drop people, but it, there's people we know that was doing this work that should be getting honored for it if, if outside of a. a a raise in a new position, but a way to, you know, license and, and take this new intellectual property and get paid off of it. That's I'm going to name drop Sarita Scott with Kellogg, Donna Givens, Donna Murray Brown with the Michigan Nonprofit Association, Harold Pope with the Wolverine Bar Association, the Straker Bar Association, mm-hmm. NABA, Nesby Detroit. Y'all literally turned off for this yep. election. Detroit Action, um, Michigan Voices Roundtable, Access, okay. all, the, all the major, the same players, the ones who've been doing it. Y'all been holding it down. But I will say this. Southwest. I'm going to challenge and say that we have never seen this before. We we did the exact same thing in the civil rights movement. The doctors and the lawyers weren't the ones who was going to jail, and they knew that, which is why we didn't go to the protest line and it wasn't because we weren't needed or because we didn't buy into it and that's one thing that I want us to keep in mind as we're moving forward we've done this before but in having done this before and when I when I say that I want to be clear in saying we understood our roles so the same way that we talk about during this election how people the, the people who went to go knock on the doors to get polling information out to the communities were not the same ones who were going head to head with the nope. GOP nope. and TCF and not because those two people are any less, not because one person holds more value or the other. They just had different roles to play. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody needs to keep in mind, whatever your position is going to be, I, and I know that I'm still figuring out mine. I'm still trying to figure out what it is. If it's engaging my black male counterparts, because I'm, I'm going to call y'all out. I'm 27 years old. Black men, 18 to 38. Y'all ain't really show up in this election like y'all should have. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. <laughs> but in doing all of that, I want to make sure that how, how? What is it that I can do to make sure that you yeah. are more invested in this process? I saw one of my really good friends. Um, he posted that this is the first time that he has ever voted, and it was because his wife dragged him. No, she didn't drag him, and he he actually cut into somebody in the comments behind that. He was like, "Me and my wife don't bicker." He was like, "She explained why it was so important to her, and because I love her, mm. it became important to me." Mm. And for me, um. 
black women, black men, y'all know that we as black women love y'all. We have like literally proven that time and time again. So whatever it is that we need to get y'all more involved to make y'all feel comfortable participating in this system, we want y'all to lead us again. We are begging for that. Uh, not begging. I don't want to say begging. But I, heard, are, I heard you saying. Yeah, we yeah, are, yeah, we yeah, are yeah, hoping yeah. for that. We want you to take your place in the forefront of leading this movement again and play your position. Like, black women, we got it. We've been doing it. But you know what would be even doper if we could do it with y'all? Like, Beyonce cool, but when her and Jay-Z together, that's right. a vibe. Like, right. let's figure out how to make that happen as we move forward. Um, so I, I, I think we really just need to give ourselves some credit and acknowledge that if we... We saw what the roles were that needed to be played. So if we continue to do that moving forward, we can be a force to be reckoned with. And we ain't going to be asking nobody for nothing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be coming with demands. You know, I think that's a good point. And I think I think a, a part of the conversation that I think we left out, speaking of Detroit and just thinking about, you know, the, the Biden plan and, and what's kind of what we're going to do moving forward is um, a lot of what brought people to their knees were the economic ramifications of COVID. And so we think about, you know, okay, we took care of a, a, a one part of a, of a political puzzle. That's cool. Um, how do we start to also address that economic puzzle, um, the education puzzle, all these puzzles that we have to deal with? How do we start to deal with those too? Because, um, you know, a famous economist, um, Dr. Claude Anderson, talks about um, the steps of, uh, uh, I'm about to butcher it now, but the, basically the, the, the levels that you need to have to play the, the political game in the first brick of that is economics um, because our political system is kind of drawn on that. So how do we, you know what I'm saying? Okay, mm-hmm. Biden here, we've, we we found a way to capture our imagination on getting Trump out and getting a new thing in. How do we have that same sentiment around our economic plight, not just as us who, you know, are as fortunate, more fortunate than some we talked about today, but as a, you know, as a, as the many different sections of our community and just as we are attempting to strive to get to that next level, like you know, what, what's what's the what's the trump of of our economic downfall that we can get off our back and move forward? Tax code. The tax code is not written for the wage earner. It is written for real estate and small business 100. owners. Okay, so black people, are you listening? Tap in, please. If you are looking to expand your financial footprint. Getting into real estate, people consistently need homes and places to work is one of the best ways to do it. And it also protects you from a number of tax liabilities. You are literally able to right away your living by owning property. As a small business owner, you can do the same thing. However, what I want my black people to keep in mind, as a small business owner, if you turn around and you say that I made $500,000 in a year and then turn around and tell the IRS... I took a loss of $490,000 and then turn around and want an FHA loan. You have played the game wrong. So here's all I'm going to say. If you are going to leverage your ability to be a small business owner, do that, but make sure that capital is your friend. Being liquid is super important. If you want to go the real estate estate route where you are leveraging loans or federal government or subsidy programs to build your wealth, you have to make sure that your, your ducks is in a row. Invest in a CPA that understands real estate. That is super important. And I'm going to do the homework to find a black uh, black CPA that's investing in real estate in the city of Detroit so we can plug them on the next episode. Thank you for that. Okay. Uh, we, now, we, we ain't talked about, or we ain't, <laughs> we haven't talked about, uh, you know, using, you know, the other financial tools out there to get ahead. You know, my main man, Rich, is always on the cutting edge of that. Um, as far as stock trading? Yeah. You know, other yeah. ways to accumulate. Yeah, I think, again, I'm, I'm going to say the same thing I said 
the last time we were here and earlier, just in, I think invest in the education first. Um, obviously there are a lot of classes out there, um, but there's a lot of podcasts out there as well um, that you can watch to, 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 to get educated. A couple ones that I watch, I watch, uh, well, I'm a part of the Abacus, um, which is a, a paid for um, offering. And um, they've taught me how to invest in the long term. I'm, I'm learning how to invest in the short term. I listen to Ian Dunlap with Earn Your Leisure um, mm-hmm. podcast, the Market Mondays. I, I learned a ton of information from them. Uh, Mark Moreau with the come with the Come Up series. All of this stuff, all of their podcasts, YouTube shows are free, and you hear from people that are making money um, doing these things. But I, I would say to you know invest in the education. Don't you know? Don't. Don't try to don't don't try to do it the short way. Don't think you're just gonna jump out there and start investing without having that education, because the market is set up for some people to win and for some people to win, some people got to lose. <laughs> so you know, just keep that in mind. But outside of that, you know, just move with intention, um, execute, and then you know, walk off like a Obama hitting a three pointer. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to drop that. We had I to drop to, my. Man. I, 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 uh, oh, I didn't give. I was gonna say, yeah, my, yeah. my mama. As wise as she is, she said, Patrice, buy some weed on the stock market. Mm. And I'll try to tell y'all, I'm surely considering, because right now it's like $5 a share or so. But clearly the the landscape, even with this election, has changed on the way recreational marijuana and medical marijuana has become available. And I'm like, man, tomorrow if I can open up a little store. So, with that being said, (laughs) um, if you're really looking to figure out where the country is going to go in terms of the legalization of weed, just rewind to prohibition. Mm. Like, literally, we are going through the exact same series of events. And in terms of investing in cannabis, I will say this. It It is recreational in a number of states. Denver was the first. Look and see what they have done correctly Mm -hmm. and incorrectly. My people in Detroit. About two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. your governor approved not only outdoor seating for the winter months amidst COVID, if she allows us to keep the state open, but they also approved recreational um, event spaces for weed. Like a lounge or something like that? Is that what you... Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then what happened in Detroit? What do you mean? Aren't they special licenses? Yep, that's what... It's $1,000 on the Lamar website. For $1,000, you can become a rec, uh, recognized recreational weed for a real Detroit, For a real Detroiter, right? Yes. Somebody who's been here for years. Okay. And, 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 and that used to be upwards of 250000 to get off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let me speak on, on, on cannabis for a minute, too. I, I'm uh, in the midst of finishing up some research on that. It's weed. Um, <laughs> it, it is. And so, and so the, the cannabis market has had a very tough couple of years. It started strong, but it's having a tough couple of years. Um, and, and a lot of the market is generated off of Canada. Canada is kind of honing the market. But the, the, the wall has kind of been hit in America because, um, one, we go state by state. We've turned that into a state's issue. And the problem with that is um, it allows for states to move how they want to, but states can write the code how they want it written. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've seen across the country where outside of maybe one state has been in, inadequate laws that, you know, grant people access in. You can't be a felon X, Y, and Z. But what this election cycle showed us as, as well as far as uh, marijuana goes, um, was it two more states that flipped? Was it uh, 
about Oregon. It was Oregon, but it was two more states. It was two more states. I forget what it was. I'm surprised it's, it's leaving me right now. But we're moving. Kamala is pro. Um, I believe Biden can move to pro. So we're looking at um, the tops coming off and, and it being fully uh, legalized. And once that happens, um, a lot of the barriers that stop people. So in the state of Michigan, for example, the barriers that stop people from getting into the game was just the upfront cost. So, you know, it's still um, federally is still not given, you know, any decriminalization. So you can't get insurance. Um, you can't put it in banks. The money you make, it's tough to get the money. So it's, it's hard and fast. But as we get closer to legalization, we are going to see that market open. And if our friends in the Democratic Party are as friendly as they say they are, we should be seeing some um, restorative measures come down. So when that does happen, mm -hmm. um, anyone that was incarcerated for that can find their way out and uh, 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 should be accessed for people who made this their living, who did very did so good the feds could find them. Um, get back in the business that they know so well. So that, that that's what I hope to see. Now, in the city, I think that there's a unique chance because um, uh, they, they held on to it so long and made sure that mm -hmm. to play the game, you got to play it right. $1,000 for a license is way better than what was it, 20 k I think it was, having to go mm -hmm. up to Lansing to get it, one? It was, it was a, a lot of things. I mean, and it's not just the, the cost of the license. I think that they're... Um, the feds running up in... I'm yep. sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, the that, feds running up in your stuff every quarter that after the to, state license did. That yeah, happened to my sure. cousin. He's a grower um, out, of, out of the Kalamazoo area, and that literally just happened, and we're dealing with that right but, now. But, so... I believe Councilman Tate even led the the charge. I mean, he was he was leading the charge yep, yep. for this, and he's yep, the person that kind of held it up and made sure that it was right for actual Detroiters. But not just the the price of the license, but also I think around getting property mm -hmm. to 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 open your business. So if you're a real Detroiter, like if you've been living here, it's a good time for you if you're looking to get into that business. And, and if it's you, an opportune time. And if you want to be honest, this will be an interesting space to see. And I'm about to go off on a small tangent. It's an interesting space to see all of that money that was set aside for urban entrepreneurs in the city of Detroit yeah. for, through COVID. Um, is any of those funds rolling through the cannabis industry? If not, um, how can that happen? Um, I know that there are some uh, uh, cannabis-friendly organizations out there. Um, and I, I, I think that may be a really good uh, uh, segue to get somebody in to talk about that now that the, the top is coming off the industry. Mm -hmm. okay. And I definitely want to explore it in a business sense as well. So I'm mm -hmm. interested too. Ooh, a cannabis incubator. Huh? Like, <laughs> yeah. no, for real. Like, teach, serious. Teach the dope man how to go legit. That'll be profound. N Northern Michigan University has a program where they teach the art and science of agriculture around cannabis. Ain't so, nobody going to Northern Michigan, Dwayne. I'm, hey, so so listen to this. <laughs> no, 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 think of this. Think of this. Not think right. of this. Think of this. Th th this is this is like Netflix when it first started. We know legalization is coming. We know that there's tons of land. We know that there's going to be money available. Imagine if if this is a passion of yours. Imagine taking a year and you bear. It's like you in COVID. You're gonna be up in Northern Michigan. You're just gonna sit up there by yourself or do it vir virtually to let you go to labs. Learn that trade, and when the top pops. You're sitting right there in position. Take your MAGA hat and be, MAGA hat and be smooth. Though. Listen, on your car, listen, listen, protect yourself. Put on an American be flag hat. Though. Put on a, you know, cops Dang. matter on your car just until My you get out of that. Protect yourself. First oh, of all, how, I'm trying to figure out how we getting through Howell, how we getting through Fla Fowlerville to get to listen, Northern Michigan. You just, you stand. All you, you, once you get there, you, you don't leave. You call uh, Postmates. You know, <laughs> call I mean, your babe. You know, what, one of the things that I'm seeing with pundits is okay democrats you've won but listen to the republicans on what their needs are 
And I think that that is total bull. I'm going to say it. Fuck them. You. you had your time. Now it's our time. It's you know our time. Like, it's other team time. You know, I just don't understand why that, that that has become an issue now when the majority of the country is, you know, the Republicans have not listened to the majority of the country. So, I you know, I, I am also curious, not to change the subject again, but I'm curious about Biden's cabinet. Who is going to be the next Secretary of Education? Who's going to be the next Secretary of State? Like, how is he going to play this play his cards right? Because if you have such a big mess, who are your who are your leaders to help clean this up? And and if you, th- I was thinking, I've been thinking about that a lot, and I think we'll see a lot of the actors we saw during the primary. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think we're going to see a lot of that, and I think we're going to see a couple grizzled vets. Um, mm. the, the 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 key spots for me is the the Fed who's who's going to be running our, our monetary policy, especially in these un, uncharted times. Um, education secretary because I got a little one going through mm-hmm. that. But then also when you think about um Andrew Yang and some of the ideas he had, mm-hmm. Pudajeg and some of the ideas he had, uh, uh, Amy Klobuchar and some of the ideas like uh, Warren. Like we have a, 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 a interest, not we, but the Democrats have a very interesting. Um, it's like a baseball team. You have an interesting roster you could put yeah. together yeah. that can solve some of these issues that maybe you put. And, and if you think about it, you're still trying to, one thing that they don't talk about, they're still trying to reconcile the party to say, um, Bernie bros and them still aren't happy with what's going on. Mm-hmm. So maybe in commerce, you put somebody a little more to the left. Maybe in transportation, maybe, okay, you go a little more to the right. Like, you got to mm-hmm. figure out a way to balance. balance this thing out because... What they're going to be tasked to do, what we talked about, is going to be so robust. You need minds like Obama and them needed with the stimulus and healthcare. Yeah. You going you need the top minds to come in this. Mm-hmm. Not, not to, I'm not trying to change the subject, but I just want to point something out. Um, how you have like Mitch and other Republicans saying it's not over with, yet he took the um, negotiating from from Trump's from the White House to negotiate back with the Democrats for our stimulus plan. If that don't show you that this is over with. And they I believe agree. that it's really over with, regardless of what they say. I agree with you. Come on, folks. I agree with you. Come on, folks. I, I mean, and think... it was before Friday. It was like Wednesday or Thursday. Like we're gonna yeah. take that up when we get back in. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna. I'm gonna go negotiate. Are with, they? Uh, with Nancy. Do you think that they're riding Trump's coattail because they don't have a polarizing figure in their party like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, do do, do, do they need to hang because his 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 character, his his charisma. I used to question, I you know, or study leaders like Nelson Mandela. You got King, you got Nelson, you got Malcolm. But mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. on the treacherous side, you do have people like Hitler and, uh, you know what I'm saying, like these guys that people really follow. Like they, they were leading yep. people to do crazy, heartbreaking things. And people was following them. Yeah, they you know what I'm saying? Most- like, so yeah. I'm wondering, is it his 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 um, persona that they feel like we got to hang on his coattail so we can rally the truth? Because they do got something in their pocket now. It's, it's his power. Like he the, the, he has 71 million people. Who do they really have? He he went. They never wanted him. He went mm-hmm. through and killed every candidate that they had. Walked over him. So now that they kiss his feet, he's the most powerful. Republican that they have after he gets out of office, you just you still don't want to ma- you know tick him off. You know it's what I mean? Crazy to me. And, and it is crazy. And I, I also think, um, and what we'll find uh, once you know we get a little bit further, 
Um, I believe that the, the Trump administration was as wild and wicked as far as what they were doing in there that we've ever seen. Um, and I think we're going to see a whole bunch of pardons come just so they can make sure they straight. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I think the, the, the powers that be, they don't want to have to go back to do it the old way no more. It used to be, I, I got to cover it up to do it. Trump, you, you, can call them, you can call them niggas. You can do whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. Cheat the money. Throw it under the table. Put it in your bag. Say it didn't happen. Say the press is wrong. Mm -hmm. You can take the reality and flip it on your head. No other candidate they have can do that. So, I, listen, I would hold on for dear life, too. Because now you got to go back to having to... May I have the fork, please? As opposed mm. to, give me the motherfucking fork. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> can't do that no more. That's Trump. Here, give me that shit. We done. Yeah. Meeting adjourned. Right. Okay. <laughs> we're that that don't happen no more because now you I got think, career politicians doing yeah, it. I, I yeah. I think I think the I think the Democrats need somebody that's just gonna be just as gutsy, just as gutsy. It could be somebody like ALC, like the, those folks, the squad, for lack of a better word. That they're they're pretty gutsy, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. they're pretty bold, um, and it's working for them in their in their areas in their districts. And and I think we might need somebody that can say it in Phaedra's words. Go ahead, say it, Phaedra. <laughs> we need somebody that's gonna be like, hey, it is what it is. We gonna. Oh, move I didn't know which word. You know, I'm good for <laughs> one liner. <laughs> and and I think that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting moving forward. Um, also, I think, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention this real quick. Um, I think the Biden administration are going to have their hands full with um, the mess of tech policy that Trump left them. Um, so does does TikTok still get banned? Does that have to happen now? There's a totally different administration. Can we talk about how Twitter was on Trump's ass tough, after the election? Tough. Oh, like, they went on him tough. On his yeah. head, okay. Yeah. They they I mean, marked like 13. They was they was on him. Yeah. That's because he's he he's a lot to handle. <laughs> and, 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 and and that's they another thing. They best. Like uh, he's still on there. The social media. Trump was going at war with the social media, or with social media over yeah. Section Two Thirty of the Nineteen Ninety Six Communi uh, Communicate Telecommunications Act. Mm -hmm. um, where does that stand? But what There's does that so remind much. you of? That's that's some straight Cuban. That that's that's dictator behavior. And it was all. And, and these are all issues of free speech. These are all issues of liability. Like. The, the game that they were playing around, like, you know, we're still on the, uh, we still have needs that they don't have. So they were able to play different games that we can't yet. They, so. He still will have Twitter when he gets out of office, which is scary. But I think they but can But it, it won't shake the market account. this time, though. His words won't shake the market now. I think, that, the I think Twitter, his, I think his, Twitter will, will ban him. Like I, I, Oh, yeah, because he don't, he had a, Dorsey don't like, like him I personally got him blocked. <laughs> like, no, I mean, I think when you're the president of the United States, like, you can't really deactivate your Twitter account, mm -hmm. but now you just a general user who be on here on trash. Like I think they could deactivate. Uh, they're gonna do him like Kwali. They're gonna do him like Tyler Kwali. I, 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 I think mm. we need to think about that. You said you blocked him. I be having to go to his thing to see if he really said it when yeah. people. Yeah, when people screenshot it, yeah, I don't like, believe it. I'm like, he ain't say that. Come on. Yeah. You know and I go mm. to oh, it's right. There. It's and still with, there with seventy thousand retweets. Like. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you that the as we end up closing, the, the thing that was so hilarious to me is. His campaign booking four seasons landscaping Ooh. and having to follow through with that. I said, is this real? But then to see your man's out there holding the press conference, I also think I need to hold a 
like a, a wager on when Melania is going to divorce him. Like, I think oh, that that's... Yeah, the clock, the clock no, is going. you didn't see the that picture truck on the, the election day? Going. Ready to go. No, the, ready to go. There was a 24-foot-long Penske truck outside of the White House on election day on the on the North Line. Like, oh, she's been going. She's been going mentally. She's been going mentally. Fiance, like him losing... Saved him the embarrassment of getting, a of getting left in the, in the middle of a yeah in, in the White House. Like she, I ain't, ain't signed up for this. I, I will say this too, and I want us to think about this, and, and we think we mentioned it earlier. It's real quick. Um, what was it? Uh, uh, the numbers of black men that voted for Trump, mm. um, the Bernie Bros on the on the left of the party. Um, how do we rebuild the coalition within the Democratic Party? Um, for those people, because those could be the, the the ones in four years if they aren't satisfied with what's going on. You say you don't want could, them. could take it, could take you it out. You crusty lip, John James adjacent fools. Y'all stay over there. We don't want y'all. Y'all not welcome. And I'm confident that we'll be able to build a system that does not have to, we don't even have to entertain them. Because the reality is, y'all paw parrots and puppets over there. Like, yeah. they're not going to put y'all on no platform like John James. Have you noticed people who have died? No, 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 no. I, I mean, I mean, far left, like the the people on the far left, the people who feel, you know, so so you know, the candidates that we all liked early in the race that didn't make it to the center, mm-hmm. all the people who wanted to vote for vote for those candidates that 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 maybe maybe did or not. Give us How an example. Did, so, for example, um, the Bernie Bros, the people who want to see Bernie uh, to be the president that didn't necessarily get him. People who want to see Elizabeth Warren to be somewhere in the mix that didn't get it. Um, how do we? How do you still keep those voices in the fray? You know what I'm I saying. I think you definitely. As a, as a, and, and bring those brothers. We need those brothers back from from that from Trump Island um, onto something else. So you know how how, how do we do that? How do we do that? I, 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 I think they stuck in the get out movie. Sunken they, they think so? Sunken kids place. We ain't got time for all You think that. so? <laughs> <laughs> they, I, think they might be in a, I think they might be in the sunken place. Man. Focus on the baby. Because think about it. If, you know, if if you if you go by the numbers, it was them brothers now. In four years, could it be us? In eight years, could it be us? In 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 sixteen years, twelve years, could it be us? So I think we do have to talk about how to keep the brothers in and around the democratic apparatus because they're been, they've been peeling off. They peeled off a little bit after Obama. Peeled off a little bit now. And if we continue to peel, um, you know, we're we're missing a very important key ingredient to the the gumbo that we're making over here. But, but I, who, I, who's to say we're gonna always be democratic though? You're right. And that's a tough question. That's a good one. That's a good one. TikTok Gary. TikTok. uh, TikTok Gary. Biden. That's a good one. TikTok. Madam Vice President. I love this group. (laughs) TikTok. I love this group. I love this group. (laughs) Looking at my Detroit made Shinola watch. Okay. Y'all need to. (laughs) I was trying to get one until I saw the price. I was like, okay. Listen, that that got to be the anniversary. Just, yeah. just wait a minute. We waiting on an economic downturn. It's stimulus. Anniversary. Stimulus time. <laughs> well, family, in true next narrative fashion, we are so happy that you were able to join us for this conversation today. Um, we are very excited about what is next for our country as we look forward to the up-and-coming horizons for black women in leadership, black men as they reassume as they reassume their rightful place at the forefront of our communities, as we talk about educating our babies and what's next after this election. Um, looking forward to Inauguration Day, holding our breath for that. Um, and we will catch you all next month. Thank you again for tuning in to Next Narrative 313. It is Phaedra, Dwayne, Patrice, and Rich. Talk to you soon.